we haven't started with that in a minute, so here we go. Hi, and welcome to the show. Again, I apologize for uh, the erratic nature of episodes. We didn't do one yesterday, but uh, it was for kind of a good reason. We're doing a... uh, Are you excited about the 90s show at Promenade Park? Uh, didn't know there was one. <laughs> the Vanilla Ice Show. Oh, <laughs> hell no. Yes, I am. Are yes, you? I'm. Yep, sure. Okay, so I think it's Vanilla Ice, CNC Music Factory, Young MC, and All for One. And we're doing a 90s throwback weekend on the station. And um, I help Russ schedule the music uh, every now and then, but he he hands over the, the whole station to me when we do the throwback weekends because he knows that I usually hit a home run and I enjoy the heck out of doing them. So, um, But they're, they're kind of... I, I'm picky and it can be intensive to make sure the songs are right. Like, I don't want there to be too much of one thing and not enough of another. So, 90s throwback weekend. That is actually great. I think I love a good throwback weekend. Don't know if... Are you including some vanilla ice in that or... Uh, just one. <laughs> Ice Ice Baby. Yeah, that's the only one. And I'll tell you, when I was a, a little boy, when that song came out, I remember I got the cassette, the, the single. Do you remember that? Probably not. They used to sell cassette singles. Yeah, um, I had and, a Hanson one. And, and they were far more affordable than buying the whole album. So I had lots of cassette singles. And I remember listening to that repeatedly on Thanksgiving Day, like for six hours when I woke up till the time the first football game. Come on, like I thought that was the greatest song ever invented. I bet you did. Go Ninja, go Ninja. Do you remember the Ninja Turtle song he did? No. (laughs) No. Yeah. Certainly before my time, you old hag. Some 90s songs really suck. And Ice Ice Baby... (laughs) Has not aged well, but some have. Hmm. Um, let's uh, let's talk about Simone Biles for a couple of minutes. Sure. Uh, Vin- Vinny texted me last night, and I'm not going to share what he said with me because he was bouncing back and forth with some things. But to my knowledge, Simone Biles, and I don't know the specifics, but I know she was involved in the wrong way with that abominable doctor from MSU, um, Larry, Larry Nasser, Nasser. Yeah. who I believe is spending the rest of his living years and maybe some of the dead ones behind bars for what he did to how many ever girls like some to like Simone Biles. Yeah. So for me, like and I'll and I'll loop around back to Naomi Osaka here and, and reiterate some things that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I was a bit critical of her, but understanding, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Simone Biles, for what she went through, has a lifetime pass from me because no human should ever have to go through what she endured um, and that abuse that that came from him. And just, it, he is an, if, the, if we kill one kind of person who doesn't commit murder, like that's the type of person who de- deserves to get it. So whether Simone Biles... Uh, however she wants to do something or not do something, however she feels, she gets a pass from me. She is, yeah. en- she is entitled to it for um, a lifetime. And I'm very glad that her, uh, her teammates were supportive of her, but 
they're her age. They're her peers. They right. get it. She's not right. feeling right. And you know what? She's right. Like, we, you and I both know, if you're not right in, betwe- in between the ears, and granted, we don't have physical jobs, but mm-hmm. if you're not right in between the ears, you're not going to be able to perform um, your, your, your job, whatever you do, whether it's physical, whether it's mentally engaging, but if you're not right in between the ears, you're not going to be able to do a good job at work. And more than just, you know, I guess mental health awareness, just understanding that connectivity of if the brain ain't working, the rest of me ain't going to work. I'm not going to be able to do what I need to to help these girls win a gold. And again, nice job by her peers for understanding. So lifetime pass for Simone Biles. I think that they even um, interviewed some of her um, teammates and they all they their initial reaction was like, yeah, come on, girl, like you'll be fine. Like you're Simone Biles. You know what I mean? Like you'll be good. And then when they realized like, you know, no, this is pretty serious. And if, you know, if she is telling us that there's a problem, then we need to believe her that there's a problem. I think, you know, from our own perspectives, we all know, like when we are just not with it, like we've had podcasts where you've come on and you're like, I just cannot talk today. Talking is your job. Like it's your job. You know what I mean? But we know like when we're not right, unfortunately her time fell during the Olympics, like during like arguably the biggest national stage for athletes of her sport of her kind. Um, uh, world stage, not national stage, world stage. So it just happened, it it happened at a difficult time. I appreciate her though. Like, I think a lot of people just thought that she was, you know, there were all these opinions going around, but she just, you know, she said, I don't want to ruin this opportunity for my teammates. And I know I'm not right right now. Like I'm not all the way good. I'm not mentally there. So I will not be able to perform at my best and I can risk a medal for everyone. I have a medal, but some of these girls don't. You know, and I may risk that opportunity for them, and I don't want to do that. I want them to have their moment. Yeah, it it seems selfish, but in a way, it was selfless, right? Uh, because if she if she's not like you and I can sit at our desks all day and write a sloppy email and be okay, but if she's not mentally engaged and if something is weighing on her, mm-hmm. she could get really hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, she puts. They, these gymnasts really do put their lives like at risk. I know that sounds dramatic to say, but they can easily break their necks or their backs or cause a concussion that they never recover from. Like the, I mean, this, this conversation and how this is happening has really opened the floodgates of so many people kind of understanding like how much they put their bodies through, you know, to compete and it's their choice. But like, is this really acceptable? And how long have we glorified working yourself to death and then commending you for it? Whatever that gymnast was in the 90s, I immediately thought of her, the one who landed on one foot. I was old enough to remember. I immediately thought of her. And I'm like, I remember when she landed on one foot off of her vault. And it was like, everybody celebrated her strength. And it's like, uh, no. The, I mean, yes, but the real strength would have been if she said, you know what, this, I can't do this. I will ruin my foot for the rest of my life. Or you know what I mean? I don't know if I look the the work till you die culture mm-hmm. is like I never toxic. I, I never actively wanted to participate in it, and people shouldn't. And I'm glad to see there's some pushback on that. I don't know if I want that to go away from athletics. Mm-hmm. Like if you're willing to risk lifetime pain for a gold medal or something that will make you a legend for what you've accomplished. I think that's different than 
I work 70 hours a week and I'm making 90 grand a year for it. Well, yeah, you're going to burn out and die at 36 or drink yourself sure. to death. To me, it's a mm-hmm. little different when you're talking about like, I mean, Michael Jordan has been trending today on, on Twitter with his, his hmm. flu game and how he, he retired from the stress of the game. Although I'm not totally unsure it wasn't somewhat gambling related, but I don't mm-hmm. know if I want, I don't, I don't know if I want that drive to go away from sports because it is different than your than your average your your layman's work week um mm-hmm. and, and like Kobe Bryant like that dude was ruthless like he he would kill people on the court like he might actually kill mm-hmm. someone facebook don't ban me again for saying that so i don't know if i want that to go <laughs> away when it when it's undue pressure from outside sources like Naomi you got to play like you have to play this is how you make money. This is how this is how you get endorsements. You need to do this for so on and so forth. And the unhealthy outside sources I have a pro- and influences I have a problem with that. But if Naomi's like, this is Wimbledon. I want this on my resume so I can be with Serena and the other and Martina Navratilova. It's got to be a personal decision because again, that's more than making your ninety thousand dollars after your seventy thousand your seventy hour. Um, work week. So I don't know if I want that to go away from, from sports culture. Mm, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I kind of do, but I like, I understand that a lot of like athletes thrive in that. And that's yeah. where like the, that's where those best moments come from. But at the same time, like, I think so long as we now have an opportunity to, to be like logical about what they're doing, if that makes any sense. And like, no, it makes it more meaningful, I guess. So like when Simone Biles is at her best, you will know how much it took for her to get there. You know what I mean? Like you, you'll know like the work that she's actually putting in physically and mentally to be able to accomplish something like that. Yeah. Everything takes a healthy mental mindset and, and brain, whether you're Simone Biles or you're sitting in front of a microphone or you're helping people through their own mental health, through their own, their own mental health issues. And yeah, much like I said with Naomi Osaka, like you have obligations and if they're too much for you, I got no problem with you walking away. Just know that you just can't shun parts of your job um, because you don't want to do them because your work might not want to compromise with you. Like, that that's the discussion we've already had, but to relate that to Simone Biles, like she has not, she doesn't have to accomplish anything more. And if she's not feeling right, sure, it's our loss to not see a gymnastics legend or and, and an American one and a black one. But it's our loss, but it's her piece, and mm-hmm. I'm totally fine with that. But like, tell me why you're maybe not as fine with Naomi Osaka because I can hear the reservation in your voice. Like I can hear that you may be separating the two where I don't necessarily think like even if Simone Biles had not accomplished what she had accomplished, she does still have the right to walk away, you know, or to say, I'm okay. Hi, sorry. Um, No, it was a good question to ask. Uh, One, Simone Biles was sexually abused. um, And there is, uh, I would, if all things being equal, there is nothing more traumatic than that, I would think. So that's why she gets a lifetime pass for me. Um, and I don't know if she can ever emotionally recover from that. She's going to need a lot of help. But again, hold on, let me finish. Mm-hmm. Everything is not equal. So I don't want to invalidate Naomi Osaka's feelings. Um, 
but like that is like a workplace issue, and I think that that's far more manageable than what um, Simone Biles has had to endure. And again, your feelings are what your feelings are. One person might be able to deal with certain stressors that someone else can't, and they might be the same stressors. Do you have to get that? Yeah, and I'm back. Sorry about that. That was the Ability Center. No, you're fine. About dogs. Did Jenny Barlow's call you? <laughs> Do you know her? Yes. Yeah, I did. Yes, she did. I love her. Yeah, we were talking about um, how I can help people who have emotional support dogs and need to come stay at the center. Like, where can those dogs go? Um, my house. Tell, tell us what we need to know about, like, service animals and then just some personal stuff about Andrew and his service dog. To my, they come to my house or you can take them. <laughs> um, so I know that... I'm trying not to be clumsy with the juxtaposition between Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka, um, but I just think that the pinnacle of something against another human being is is sexual abuse. And maybe Naomi Osaka endured something like that. And again, I don't want to invalidate her feelings. Mm-hmm. If what she's feeling is troubling to her, mm-hmm. I got I, I have no problem with you walking away. Like if she never picks up a tennis racket ever again, or if she mm-hmm. says like I think she lost the other day. If she lost because she did, you know, she didn't have it all there, and and she didn't get the reset that she needed. Fine, I totally understand that. But I think. Again, if all things being equal, and they're they're really not, um, I think her challenges are probably more emotionally manageable than what Simone Biles has had to endure. But if she says she doesn't feel good, I get it. But just know, like, there are parts of your job that you have to do. Sure. I mean, there are just, like, I don't, I don't, I, I mean, I understand that Simone Biles has something very public that... Um, you know, happened to her, although she was, she's arguably probably the most silent on what has actually happened compared to the other girls. Um, Like, I know that that's what we know, but for Naomi Osaka, like, there are many things that we don't know. And I I did, I I feel differently about her. Like, I agree with some of the things that you're saying, but some of the others I'm like, I like challenge you on because Naomi Osaka is like severely introverted. Like, she is very introverted and I can't imagine I mean she knows what's required of her but that's still like having to be an extrovert for so long can obviously add mental turmoil that she has to say she's going to take a break from well, so, that, so that, you know I agree that, that's the job and I, uh-huh. I, I, have, I, I do take issue with people with the media and I've not heard these things or seen her have these little tat-a-tats and these one-on-ones with uh-huh. uh, journalists I have a problem with people asking insensitive questions or probing where they shouldn't. Like, that's a problem. And what is it? The WTA should fix that. Because that could get under anybody's skin. But maybe her introversion doesn't work with her her gifts and her vocation. Probably doesn't. Again, that's why I bring up the, the comparison of like, you can probably tell. When I did mornings, like there were days I woke up or weeks I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. I just so mm-hmm. happen to be fortunate enough to be good enough at it. And then the decision to walk away from it was taken out of my hands. But there were many days in my years of doing mornings where I was like, I don't know if I can emotionally and psychologically and physiologically manage this. Like I might be taking 10 years off of my life mm-hmm. by trying to manage the schedule. So that's where I say to her, like, look, if that if you 
you've been given a gift, but you don't have to use that gift if it brings you pain. No, that's a, that's exactly right. But I don't. But what I I agree with you. I but I think the same thing for Simone Biles. Like you have been you, you exactly what you said. You are a gifted person, but that doesn't mean that you have to do it despite your you know your mental or physical needs. Like you don't have to ignore those needs to do to do your gift. You don't have to do it at all. You know. So I like that's why I hold them. You know, I have the same grace for Naomi Osaka that I have for Simone Biles, and I think everybody should. I'm proud of them both for saying what they're saying, and I'm curious the conversation between the two of them. They have to be communicating with each other. Yeah, in some way. But yeah, mine. That's why I said lifetime pass for for Simone Biles. Whereas I think some of the things with Naomi, Naomi Osaka might be more workable, and I hope her employer or employers work with her because mm-hmm. the sport needs her sure. um, it doesn't want to lose her and that's why if there's somebody stepping over boundaries or brands being oppressive and demanding too much of her and crossing a line yank on those chains so you can keep your star happy yeah agreed um <clears throat> this time i think i might actually really have covid <laughs> oh no I, the last two times I didn't have any of these cold symptoms. I had just been, you know, we went out that night and it was, it was in October. We went to go see Floyd. I'm like, let me do the smart thing. The next time I was feeling kind of run down. Now this feels very cold like, and there's nothing in my chest. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I was running a little bit of a fever. I don't feel great. I usually get these in the winter time, but I did go over to write it and get a test and hopefully it's back sooner rather than later. And um, I, maybe I will wind up being a breakthrough COVID case. I hope not. Well, I doubt. I mean, we know there are vaccinated people that still got COVID, but I don't know. Like, I, I could be, I would be curious. Like, there's also air conditioning. Do you sleep with the fan on? Like, some of those things. I, I wouldn't say allergies because I don't know if there's, like, active allergy allergens out in the, you know what I mean? I don't know if this is the season for that. I think the season's starting to die off, but yeah, my, um, ho- my al- hopefully you don't. My allergies are usually in the spring and fall, and it usually mm-hmm. affects my eyes more than anything. Yeah. Um, so not not allergies, and yeah, I sleep with the fan on, and maybe it blew the, maybe there was some kind of dust or something, and it blew that, because I woke up with a sore throat like several times last night. Oh, and sh- um, but I, nothing otherwise, no, I didn't change anything with how I sleep or anything like that. So fingers crossed. Cause there's some things I'm going to get to and I don't want to have to quarantine. And I'm, yeah. I told Jerry here at work, I told him not, not to come in the studio, um, wear my mask again. And, um, well, good. Yeah. Doing your due diligence. I have bad faith news. Oh, uh, no. an adopter pulled out on her at the last minute as they told me something came up. Yeah, okay. Look, I get it. People get cold feet. Yeah. Um, That's why I tried to post a video of showing what she's like and how she is medically cared for, which is eye drops, and she's nine pounds. You can corral a nine-pound dog, but yeah, back to to square one with with Faith. Aw, how much is her medications? Do we know? That could also be the thing. Like, is it like $50 a month? Because... I think you it's know? like forty a month. Mm, that's a little pricey. That sucks, though. But I know it's so. You're just talking like a little under five hundred bucks a year. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, I but, hope she gets a home. Somebody 
give Faith a home, someone. Can she be trained to be a service dog and come to the center? If her vision erodes <laughs> as she gets older, uh, she might need her own service dog. <laughs> but Michaela, who works over at the Toledo Animal Rescue, sent me a picture, a video of uh, Faith with Michaela's friend, the little girl. And mm-hmm. from the from the video, you'd never know that she has vision issues. So I texted, I messaged Michaela back. I'm like, I wish you would have been like that with Andre. But yeah. Um. So Faith is once again up for adoption. There's plenty of pictures for uh, on my social media. If you'd be interested in her, she obviously has my stamp of approval, but not Andre's, and that's why she's not with me. Mm. Um, did you see the story of the dog uh, in Millbury? I don't know where that is, just in Wood County. Yeah. Woke up an elderly man and saved him from a fire. Genius. I did see that, yeah. What did you think of Sonny and Pete? Because I thought of things <laughs> of Andre and Diddy. I mean, they would have absolutely barked ridiculously. Like, they would have freaked out if there was a fire. So they, the dogs will wake me up for a spider in the room. So um, I'm not concerned about anything happening while they're, while they're home and sleeping. Do you think they would wake you up because they know, like, they want to save you or they want to save themselves? Save, I'm going to say because they want to save me because they okay. do have some habits where if, so any, if I cry, uh, Sunny will cry. She will run up under me and stick her head under my neck and like lick my face and cry until I stop. Like she will paw, she will literally slap me in the face with her paw. And then if I'm sick, like if I'm physically sick they are sick like they're right there next to me like what's going on is mom okay is she okay is she okay so they're very like attentive sometimes if i want their attention and i'm being like you know deceitful i will play dead or like i'm choking (laughs) to get them to come running in the room so i can snatch them up and cuddle them but they will like both of them will come running one time i leaned over the couch and pretended like i couldn't like i fell and couldn't move and sunny came up under me and used her back to lift up my head Look at that. I know, because she's awful to me otherwise. She's such an asshole. But if something's wrong, she's right there. Um, Andre would set a fire so he, <laughs> so he could bark so I could take him outside. He always wants to be outside. And if we were in, if this were like in, at night and we were in bed, yeah, Andre would set the fire to go outside and... Diddy would be like, this better be a goddamn drill because I want to go back to bed. I have to drag Diddy out of bed in the morning. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure like if my dogs like saved me, they would be standing there waiting for their treats because they did a good thing. <laughs> like they would be like, um, and where is my treat, please? Yeah. Um, I there's did you know that well, let me back up, sorry. Do you recycle? Are you able to recycle where you live? Mm-hmm. We have one um, recycle bin for the entire property. Good. Um, not that I'm surprised. In fact, uh, hold on one second. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a follow-up in the Blade today to uh, a crime podcast that your neighbor did. And I just wanted to remember to text her a good story. But I'm not surprised in Perrysburg that you've got a place to recycle. So I live in Toledo and my taxes pay for trash to be taken out, you know, once a week. And the blue bucket is for every two weeks. Um, In Oregon, they shut down recycling. So I don't know 
people might have just been throwing their recyclables in the trash recently or for the last couple of years hmm. or I, I'm sure there's a recycling event that they that the good people you know just collect their stuff and then take it to maybe once a month or whenever it's available um, but now to hopefully amend or correct this problem of not or, or the issue of not being able to recycle like other people in Lucas County there's a thing called recyclops it's a little startup and um, it's twelve dollars a month. So it does cost, and they'll take, I believe, everything but bottles. You've got to pay. Well, you got to pay a little bit more for glass. They give you bags, and just as I would collect my recyclables, you put all these. You clean them out. You put them in a bag, and then they'll come pick it up. And it's twelve dollars a month. And if you want the deal, it's one hundred and forty-four dollars for the year, which is also That's not bad. Which is also twelve dollars a month. That's um, not bad. So, yeah, I'm curious to see how uh, I asked a couple of Oregon friends what they think about that. But, yeah, Oregon is not head of recycling. They just shut it down. So um, that's not good. That is not good at all. I'd be curious, like, what percentage of the Oregon population actually knows that there's no recycling and also cares. Like, not to say that Oregon folks aren't, like, somebody willing, people willing to do their due diligence and support the earth. But I don't know. There's I hate good, to admit I hate to people. admit that I'm that person every now and then. What that that you think or Oregon people are trash? No, Jesus no, that's so rude. <laughs> no, like I'm not like recycling isn't like super high on my list. Um you'll change I think when you feel compelled by having that blue bucket in your garage or in your home. Oh, with okay, like the when I can kind of wheel it out to the street with the yeah. trash. Yeah, you're probably right. When I lived downtown, I didn't recycle. Everything went into the uh, everything went into the trash bag. But now it's like I have that blue bucket staring me in the face, and and I I laugh when people put it out on the wrong week, and I scoff at them, and I mock them, and I call them all kinds of names. So apparently, it's a really good time to vacuum around here. It's fine. It's probably dirty. Great. I, I have a couple more quick things, and we can wrap up. Uh, yeah. Your favorite Duke got a new role. Du- oh, what was it? What was it? Uh, he has been cast. I'm guessing as the lead in the re- in a reboot of the movie The Saint. Never seen it. Yeah, Val Kilmer was in it. Um, oh. It was a '90s thing. I think he like plays different characters. Interesting. So, I like Val Kimmer. Um, and, yeah, go ahead. And the Duke of Hastings. He can get it. So he has got that. Uh, have you watched any LeVar Burton this week on Jeopardy? No, I don't typically watch Jeopardy. Okay. I'm, and neither do I. It, it, some things have become like sports to me. I, I'll, I have no problem talking about it, but I don't want to spend time watching it. But uh, I would like him to get that role. Yeah. I, I have, like, when people were talking about who should replace Alex Trebek, like, you know, he was high on my list. But that's somebody who does not watch Jeopardy and is just, like, completely nostalgic about reading Rainbow. So You, you will watch Jeopardy. You'll age into it at some point. I, I watch, my brother watches it, and I'll watch it when I'm there. Um, is it really loud in the background? A little bit, yeah. Oh, my God. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a story today that uh, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis don't bathe as most people do. I think she said something like she didn't have hot water when she was a kid, so she got accustomed to not bathing. And Ashton Kutcher says he just kind of throws some 
uh, water on his face after a workout, but he doesn't shower and bathe every day, although he does wash certain parts every day with soap, but everything else, not so much. So he's just accustomed to a horse bath. I guess so, yeah. And I, I've heard some stuff like this before where this the soap that we use can can damage your skin and rob your yeah. body of oils and you don't I, I guess it's kind of like i never knew that women didn't wash their hair every day i, I guess it's your, your skin is look it's another or it's an organ so i guess it's got to be similar to your hair and if you're over washing and over cleaning it can be bad yeah yeah i mean you do have to pay attention to what what you're using to like put on your body for you know when you're washing your hair and when you're you know putting soap on your body like i i don't know i I mean, I will admit during the pandemic, I didn't shower every day because I wasn't going anywhere like it was. And I fell into like a kind of a not a depression, but just, you know, my my routine and my lifestyle was thrown off. Um, but I don't know. I, that doesn't shock me from them. Have you seen pictures of their house? It looks like a gigantic tree house. It's beautiful. No, it is beautiful. It's absolutely my style. But um yeah, that doesn't shock me, but they they better be careful. Like, and and that's also something skinny people can do. Hmm. Big people cannot do that. You have folds that collect sweat right. that you have got to clean. So th- there's some privilege there, but I mean, good for them. Good for them. There was. Uh, it's funny. You had posted something or tweeted a. Or you posted something about women in the workplace not getting respect or. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, the other day it was on Instagram. And then I saw a story that uh, there was another research paper that said attractive people do better in the workplace. And I thought, Alex, you know, you're a female, obviously. And Mm -hmm. there are going to be challenges in glass ceilings or maybe platinum ceilings that are incredibly hard to break through. But at least you're good looking. Well, thanks. You're welcome. And I, like that is, I do agree with that. I think Jordan and I talk about that all the time. There are times where, um, you know, I will get a certain type of attention because of what I'm wearing or how I look or how I present myself, like my ability to kind of be social or be inviting. And so, like, obviously in return, like anybody who is the opposite of that may not get as much of a, um, may not the reception must will not be as as like high they won't be received um so i get i totally get it i mean i do have privilege in that i look a certain way so there are like men that are more likely to want to work with me that happens in the wellness center there are times where there's you know guests that i know are going to want to talk to me because i make them more comfortable you know and while it's not the greatest like if that's how i can help them then i will i'll you know make sure there's boundaries and it's appropriate but like it's it's just a fact it's a fact that there's privilege in and you know how you present yourself and how you look and being gifted with natural beauty (laughs) no i didn't always look like this i certainly look like gretchen from recess for a large portion of my life probably until i was like 19. i have pictures to prove it i can absolutely show you it was it was awful. I maybe I'm just more comfortable with my mediocre physical appearance. I've become more accepting of it over the last ten years, but I find myself far more attractive than I used to be. I don't think you're mediocre at all. A ball headed babe you are. Well, you have low standards. Like let's say me and Ryan Reynolds were 
standing in front of you and <laughs> the ugly one had to die. The the you get to pick who gets naked. <laughs> and if you and if you picked me, I would literally punch all of your teeth out because I want to see him naked. <laughs> but then at the same time, I do know what it's like to like. And this is not me doubting myself. Like, I feel like I have self-esteem most of the time. Sometimes I don't. Most of the time I do. Um, But, like, I have other girlfriends. Like, whenever I'm next to Karis, literally, people have forgotten who I was. Have literally forgotten my name. Forgotten who I was. Forgotten that they met me a million and one times. Because Karis is standing next to me. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? I want to... And there had to have been someone who's done this with all the jobs that have arisen in the last 10 years. I wanted to be someone who helped people make their dating profiles because here comes here comes asshole dickhead Eric. There are far too many dating profiles of women that I would see and I'd be like, you need to you need to use another picture because you are about the fourth most attractive person in that photo that you posted. <laughs> like you should not have shared that group photo. And, and, and I only say that because, look, someone's going to find you attractive. Mm-hmm. You might not find them attractive or, or vice versa. But there's going to be some person that's a bigger dickhead than me and go, Hey, Lauren, who's the third girl to your left? Can, can I swipe on her, please? Right. So. Does your friend have Who's your friend talking to? Right. Can, are they available? Right. Oh, my God. All right. Memories. Um. Good luck. You want to? Do you want to talk about the photography thing real fast? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just. It was. It, it was a bit of an interesting experience. I was going to go with somebody that I knew, but that person is getting married uh, ten days after me in another state. So you know, naturally, they said, you know what, we're not going to take any bookings too close to our own wedding. So that made sense. So it kind of put me out into the world of photography, local photography here in Toledo, and like, who did I want to book? And um, like my taste and Thomas's taste is very specific. And so not everybody falls into that bubble. I did want to go with like maybe black owned, but I couldn't really find too many that fit what I was looking for as far as like our look or what we were interested in, which is a lot like darker, maybe some of those like cloudy day photo shoots, a little thing, a little more dramatic and maybe editorial compared to like something you would find in a David's bridal catalog. Um, so we, I was looking for some, a photographer that had the ability to kind of adapt and take really kind of interesting photos, if that makes any sense. So, um, I found one, I found one that fit my bubble. I also was not looking to break the bank at all, like not even close. And this is even less than I anticipated spending. And I get a two for one, like it's my wedding and my engagement photos that will be taken by her all in one price. Excellent. So I'm very pleased with it. Another important box checked off. Uh, you have not secured the venue because you're too, still too far out, right? I'm too far out and I'm a little nervous. Like it's, you know, they're supposed to have already started like, <clears throat> you know, having events there. I know they had one for the Solheim Cup, but I think that that might have been a special event. Like, because I think that they weren't going to start having events until like July or middle of July. And... um you know, I went online, I was advised to like go online, check out the website, check out the booking information and, you know, just get familiar with it for when you have to go online and book. And I did, and there is not an option to check availability and book online. So I called and I didn't get an answer and I sent an email and I didn't get a response. And, um, I, I feel like 
like I really want to employ one of my people like maybe you because I feel like I have bugged her so many times with just questions that now she just doesn't want to respond to me anymore (laughs) because I'm just like hey can you tell me you know I don't see anything on I emailed her because she said that was her preferred communication I said hey don't see any link for availability or booking just looking for an update on if that's still happening like what the timeline is or if you guys have you know, gone ahead and changed it to where you can book out more than a year in advance. Because I'm also worried that that's going to happen and I'm not going to know it because there's no, like I checked the Facebook page and the website, but there's no updates. So it's really just, you know, having to call them and ask. I can't wait. I'll ask around. Yeah, I cannot. I literally cannot wait until I book this venue because I think that's what's making me the most anxious because it's what I want the, the most, the absolute most. No venue, no wedding. Well, I mean, obviously I'll have a venue. Like I can still even do it there. I'll just have to move my day. But that, like that, what if the DJ is not available? Like the photographer, what if she's not available? Like everything is really like hanging on this location. So I'm just nervous. I really, I cannot wait until I get that done. I think that's the only thing that like doesn't, it certainly doesn't keep me up at night. Like I forget on a regular basis. But when I come to and remember that I still have that left to do, I'm a little nervous. It's a big deal, and I can see, even through the little things that you've gone through, why people, why women turn into bridezillas. Um, it's a special day in their life, and, and when things go just a little wrong, there could be a cascading uh, array of disruptions, so I get it. I, I guess so. I feel like, though, I was just having this conversation with my coworker who's also getting married, and I said, I think it's a trend to talk about, like, oh my gosh, wedding planning is so stressful. Like there was a TikTok the other day where they're like, how do you even plan a wedding and work a full-time job at the same time? And I'm like, whoa, unless your wedding is like millions of dollars, it is easy to do. Like stop being ridiculous. You're not that special. You're just getting married. Like, okay. Were they being being tongue in cheek? I hope so. Were they what? Were they being tongue in cheek and like cynical? No, no. Because that's the, the other... That's the scary side for me of people being acutely aware of their mental health to the point like you, like exactly what you just said, like you can work a job and plan a wedding. Millions of people have done it for over a century. You're going to be okay. And if you can't go to the motherfucking courthouse, like just, you know what I mean? It doesn't, you don't have to do any of this. Like I just, it's a lot more of an enjoyable experience for me other than the venue. It's a lot more of an enjoyable experience, I would say, with some parts where it's like a little uncomfortable than it is like stressful. I'm not stressed at all. Like I feel like I have a good timeline. I'm just knocking out the bigger stuff. I mean, most of the photographers that I was interested in are almost all the way booked through 2022. So I do feel relief that I found one and that she was reasonably priced and I have booked her. Like, so we've got that done, you know? So that's great, but like, it's not the end of the world, you know? For some it is, and they need a reset um, of how they view some things. But all right, get ready for your meeting. I will, uh, I'll text you later and I'll also send an email off to... Ashley, to let her know that we will not be able to attend tonight. Tell her I'm sorry. I mean, I looked out for dress code stuff. I assume that that was the first thing I asked you was, is there a dress code? So when I registered, I looked because I was almost positive it would be there and it wasn't. And like I went out and like got myself a cute little outfit and everything and like got dressed today and brought my makeup to work. 
but I ha I mean, my, my evening is too booked for me to be able to go back home to get a change of clothes to go. So unfortunately yeah. I can't go. And I might have COVID, which is fucking not great. Yeah. So. Yeah. I hope you feel better. Let me know how that yeah. goes. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye.